please exhale. And now let's begin. Welcome to the Science of Light. I'm your host, Rosemary. If you're interested in exploring holistic wellness topics through a perspective that blends spirituality with science, I think you've found the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're here. Let's figure out this life thing together. Always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Science of Light. I'm putting on my extra motivational hat today because today's topic is about failing forward. And that's a pretty, it's like pretty inspiring when you think about it, but I'm not normally one of those people that's like super loud and in your face. I guess, you know, I'm just not that person. I'm a little bit more on an even keel, I suppose. But um, I want to try to hype you up with this one, and I'm going to try. Okay, so um, this is the last part of the four-part, what I called Inner Home for the Holidays series, which has to do with um, coming home to yourself through your yoga practice to feel really centered in that, Um, whether you have any kind of like stuff coming up for you around the holidays or not. If you have, um, you know, it can be a challenging time of year for a lot of reasons, even whether or not it's a happy one for you based on, you know, your culture, your circumstances, um, what your life stuff you have going on, even aside from all of that stuff, astrologically and Ayurvedically, um, which I cover all the astrological implications over on my other podcast just called Yogi Scopes, Y-O-G-I-S-C-O-P-E-S. Just put on an episode yesterday talking more about this specifically, kind of what's going on astrologically. It indicates our need to kind of come home to ourselves and shed the past year, the past whatever increment of time, lunar cycle, I don't know, decade, whatever you want to shed, look back and shed on and kind of be in that space of uh, dormancy, like, you know, like plants do in the winter. Um, So I talked about some of that stuff over there. And then next week on this podcast, I'll talk about Ayurveda for Kappa season, which is what we're headed into here in the Northern Hemisphere. So astrologically and Ayurvedically, you know, even aside from cultural or spiritual holidays you might be celebrating depending on what time of or time what uh part of the world you're in um even aside from that it's just a big time of year for releasing letting go reflecting getting really at home within yourself so that no matter what chaos is going on around you outside of you you feel okay and you're able to blossom and flourish. And that's been kind of the whole idea behind this series. This is the final one. This is like what carries you forward um, to create and blossom, right? Um, And then so also I just want to remind you or tell you if this is your first episode, welcome. Um, I'm hosting an event. Originally I had said it was going to be on... December 18th, which is this Saturday, Uh, but I just didn't get my shit together in time to really promote that like I should and figure out the details, and I also, um, yeah, I just figured 
I've been putting a lot of focus on my new moon circles, which are free to members, by the way. It's kind of like Patreon, a way to support my work, get a little extra bonuses while you're at it. Um, It's just a membership. I don't use Patreon because my website hosting platform has the same capability. But if you listen to a lot of podcasts, you know what Patreon is, and it's the same idea. Um, You can be a patron of this podcast. You can support my work through my membership that is live on my website. It's always linked in the show notes. Um, So the new moon circles are monthly gatherings to kind of set intentions. And they're free for members. Or there's a drop-in. You can just pay $25 to drop in. Um, So even if you were to just sign up for the membership just for that, just your commitment to it will save you money each month, even if that's the only thing you want from the membership. Anyway, since I'm trying to focus on building those, I figured instead of scattering my energy, I would just make the one coming up in January. It's on January 2nd, and since it falls so early in the year, early in the month, um, I figured it would be a good time to, I, I just made it a little extra long. Normally, there I schedule them for an hour, um, but this one's two hours, and we'll talk about this four-step process. We'll actually work through it together. You'll be able to share in community and stuff and have some guidance on implementing it in your life to make 2022 a better year. And that's kind of been the theme for the end of the year. So anyway, even if you happen to find this episode later, thanks for sitting through that rambling because I think this topic, as I try to make every topic on this podcast, I try to make them evergreen. I try to make them like hit in a timely manner for those of you I'm so grateful those of you that listen on a regular basis. Thank you. Um, but then it also, if you happen to find this show later or you're kind of new around here, I hope my it's my intention that you can go back and listen to old episodes of topics that interest you and they won't just be like no longer relevant, right, is the idea. So failing forward is something, it's a, pra- it's a practice you can implement always and forever, but especially around the new year, around when you're setting new goals, around, you know, new moon intentions, whatever the case is, Monday, I talked about this, like I did a fresh start dates episode a little bit ago that was talking about, you know, if you, it it works, like there's behavior change science behind the fact that it works to try and like give yourself an opportunity to have a clean slate. And that's what setting a new moon intention or a new year intention. Um, I like to say intentions rather than resolutions because the resolution is a pretty good word, but we don't have the embodied understanding of it like we do intentions. And I actually talked about that. I think it was the very last episode about um, Sankalpa, about yogic goal setting, which is setting an intention rather than a goal. An intention is more focused on how can you be now rather than what do you want to achieve in the future you know if you set an intention it's more like what am I going to do now that's going to carry me to my goal right and that just works a little better you're less likely to like feel like shit about it because when you're not there yet you know what I mean anyway I did a whole episode about that so um failing forward is what you do after you've figured out your intention. Once you've figured out where you want to go and how you're going to exist to get yourself there, 
you have to go about the process of existing in that way. And what that means is you might mess up sometimes, which is where the failing forward part comes in. So just give you a little background. The person who coined this term, I didn't make it up, um, but now it's like floating around in the lexicon of the wellness world and coaches and, you know, people like me. Um, It's just a thing that we kind of know about, a tool. It was coined by John C. Maxwell, who wrote the book called Failing Forward. It was published in the year 2000, so 20, almost two years ago now. Um, It was called Failing Forward, Turning Mistakes into Stepping Stones for Success. And I think the reason I think this is so important is because just from like my own personal lens, I have this tendency to get analysis paralysis and I'll just overthink the shit out of something about like everything that can go wrong to the point where I don't even do it. I actually like was working through a kind of similar exercise with a teacher of mine. Um, and I was like, wow, looking back on 2021, if I were to sum up everything that didn't go well and everything that did, everything that didn't go well for me boiled down to perfectionism. And like I was getting in my own way because I wanted things to be perfect because that's a thing that I battle with is perfectionism. And I know I'm not alone in that. And everything that did go well came down to, um, I summed it up. I, like I was like, I wrote, I brainstormed everything that did go well and didn't go well, which these are some things that we can also do in that, in that new year, new moon workshop. Um, you can, you'll be able to find that at the link in the, in the show notes too, where it says like events, readings, membership, that one. Um, so we can work through that too, but I was like, let me brainstorm all the stuff that didn't go well, everything that did go well. And let me try to sum it up into like a word or sentence. Right. And so the sentence or word or idea that I came up with for what did go well for me personally this year was really leaning into the concept of abhyasa and vairagya, which I also did another episode about um, is kind of the yogic concept of that shows up a lot in a lot of different ways throughout yoga philosophy, throughout the sutras, the Bhagavad Gita, um, having this notion of being diligent while also cultivating surrender. So doing your work in a diligent way while also cultivating surrender to the outcomes, like just because you um, worked your ass off doesn't mean you necessarily will get the success in the way that you envisioned it, right? So you will probably still get success in some way um, if you're able to to practice gratitude and look at it that way. But sometimes we can get in our own way and we're like, oh, it didn't like turn out the way I envisioned or hoped. And so it feels like a failure, right? So just know that little nugget of a Byasa and Vairagya can also help with this concept of... Um, trying to get out of our own way so that we can fail forward so that we're not so afraid of failure so that we can see um, not achieving what we thought we were going to achieve or um, perhaps just like completely fucking up and like hurting ourselves or hurting other people in the process or 
just missing the mark and whatever that might look like on the whole spectrum that that can range from just not quite landing where we thought we were going to, to like doing something negative or detrimental. All of those things can count as quote unquote failures. Um, so you can use the, the process of vairagya, which is like surrendering attachment to outcomes, specific outcomes, um, to help with this. But anyway, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. You know, I like to use examples that help, uh, kind of put this stuff more into perspective because I, I'm, I don't want to just live in like, well, here's the textbooky thing and here's the, where it comes from in the yoga philosophy. I want to like try to explain it to you in a way that feels embodied and feels like something that you can apply to your life. Um, so the, you may have heard the quote also that comes from John C. Maxwell that he says, fail early, fail often, but always fail forward. Um, so I just really like that because it, I like, I'm telling, I'm sitting here telling you, I also struggle with this where I, I will like get in my own way and not do something or not try something or, um, not put myself out there or whatever, because I'm scared of, the consequences of failure. But really, in reality, not trying something, you're like automatically failing at it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. If you ask, you might get a no, but you might get a yes. But if you don't ask, you're not getting a yes. Same thing with failure. If you don't try, you didn't succeed. If you try, you might also not succeed, but you might succeed, you know? So, that's kind of the idea here. Um, and so it's, it's important to recognize that failure provides important feedback for course correcting. But this is where um, the fail forward thing, I think, comes in because if you keep changing, so, so we want to course correct, we're like, okay, this is, this is how you learn from your mistakes and make it a fail forward instead of like a fail sideways or fail backward. Because if you fail at something or you make a mistake, then if you look at, you take that and you're like, okay, why didn't that work? Was it something in the way that I showed up? Something in, in my control? Because sometimes it's out of your control. Maybe you tried at a bad time, well then what is in your control is you can wait for a better time to try again. Or maybe you did your best and like somebody just still like said no to you or whatever the case is. Like sometimes things are out of our control, but we can look at the pieces that are in our control so that we can try not to do that same exact thing again. Because like they say, in 12-step programs, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different different results. So maybe that's the way you tend to. You're like, well, that didn't work, so I'll just try again. But it's important to look at why it didn't work so that when you do try again, you can try differently. But hopefully you don't take it to the other end of the spectrum where you're just like, oh, well, that didn't work, so I'm just going to like change I'm going to course correct to the point where I'm just changing my destination altogether. Because then 
once you do that, if you keep changing your destination just because you failed at something, that is where the progress that you made through failing is lost. So this goes back to the episode I did about the sunk cost fallacy. That's why I did these as a series because they're the whole process is super related, but it's nuanced enough that I wanted to cover each step and then we'll like bring it all back together and put a little bow on it in that event where you can work through it on your own. But um, if you want to be guided in it and have some community around it, that's what the new year, new moon event is going to be about. Um, So when you put your effort, time, energy, resources, any of those things towards an endeavor or a goal, this is, I'm revisiting sunk cost fallacy in a nutshell. It was uh, the episode I did called release or that was like probably the first word in the episode title anyway it was like two episodes ago I guess or three um part of this series so what makes we have this notion sometimes that when we put effort towards something we should just keep putting effort towards that thing because we've spent resources on it even if it's not helping us anymore so this is where the the try differently part comes in because sometimes that's kind of the other end of the spectrum is when, you know, maybe you're just trying, 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 you're trying to pursue this thing and it's just not working, but you don't want to give up because you've invested a lot of your time or energy or resources or money or, or any or all of those things into it, but it's become clear that it's not working. Well, that goes back to the definition of insanity, right? Like, why are you going to keep trying if you're no longer getting a return on that investment. But if you're just like, well, fuck it, I'm going to go do something totally and completely different now, then at that point, then your progress is lost. And then that is, you know, well, so the the idea behind the sunk cost fallacy was like that um, whatever you spent, time, energy, money, resources is lost anyway. So you might as well like cut your losses and, and keep what you can valuable is the same idea, right? So with failing forward, it's like you don't want to just change directions completely because then what you spent in that direction is going to be lost. So if you just course correct a little bit, then you can refine your process and you'll get better. So I actually saw a cool definition of Fail forward, failing forward on the internet that says um, basically that I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I didn't like write it down, quote it, and whatever. But um, to fail forward is to deliberately and purposefully use failure as a tool for finding success because you only get better at mitigating risk by taking risk in most cases. Like sometimes you know, like the risk of trying something is too great. You know, sometimes the risk of failure is like more risk than it's worth. And you know that before trying, but sometimes I think we have an inflated sense of, of what that failure would actually entail in terms of like what we have to lose. Because I think a lot of times, at least for me personally, what I'm looking at, what I have to lose is some like made up sense of reputation or something like if people see me failing they're gonna like judge me and so I'm just gonna not even try because I'd rather not be judged right and that's not that's not a real 
risk in most cases. Like sometimes it might be like if it means like your family would judge you because you like ran off and left your kids or something. I don't know. Like don't take what I'm saying out of context is what I'm saying. You know, like I don't know. I always try to give all this context to be extra clear because that's another thing with having a podcast. I'm I'm still sometimes scared of people taking stuff I say out of context because people are mean on the internet. And I used to, early in this journey, let that hold me back from putting out episodes sometimes. Like sometimes, looking back on it, that was behind me not putting out an episode because in one way or another, I couldn't, it took me a really long time to record because I was trying to like, say everything just right so that I wouldn't offend anybody and now I'm like you know what if those people are going to be offended they're going to be offended no matter how right I say it right so these are just examples of iterating through that process of like what is the real risk of saying something on a podcast that offends somebody okay that person's going to be offended at me they're probably a stranger because people in my life probably won't take what I'm saying out of context. They'll probably know that I have the best intentions. And if I do say something that's like genuinely fucked up because I don't realize it from my limited perspective, then I'm willing to learn from that mistake, which is the idea of failing forward, right? So we have to learn through doing. We don't just learn what the risk of something is in most cases without trying it and seeing that, okay, that wasn't that bad, right? And then you get better at, when you do fail or make a mistake, you get better at course correcting, which is kind of the idea of resilience. So resilience is not just strength. Um, It's not just like courage. Resilience is actually characterized by your ability to bounce back from tough situations or losses or hardships, right? And that's that's a big crux of my work through like trauma-informed yoga and stuff like that is it's kind of the idea. I, I prefer to focus on how to help people cultivate resilience rather than staying stuck in the trauma or whatever or in the failure or whatever the case is. So there's a lot astrologically going on that support this as a time to kind of begin failing forward like I covered on the Jupiter and Aquarius episode over on my other podcast which Jupiter will be there and through like April-ish of next year um, that you have to set habits before optimizing them this is kind of the same idea that like when I was talking about setting goals you need to think about what how you need to exist in the meantime to reach your goal because when you're just focused on that end goal, it's just fine to have goals. But uh, when you're just focused on the end goal, it's going to feel more like a failure when you're not there yet, right? Like maybe you set a New Year's intention to like work out four times a week, but when was the last time you've been to the gym? It's been like six months. So are you going to go from going zero times a week to four on the very first week? No. And then, but if you expect yourself to, you're going to feel like more of a failure, right? So um, I've heard different approaches to this. Like maybe you try to go for four times a week, but instead of like making it a super good gym session every time, you at least like set your foot in that door 
like show up there, even if you only do like one workout and then leave, like one little set of 10 reps or something, you know, you have to like do the habit before you can make it better. So maybe that looks like where you want to cultivate a yoga practice and you um, roll out your mat every day, even if you only do like a three minute child's pose and then roll your mat back up, you know, and then eventually you'll feel like staying on that mat longer. That's so that's one way of looking at this that you have to like set habits before you can optimize them. But another way to look at this is that um, you learn through doing. And so there's a lot of way, like I was, as I always do, trying to find one succinct piece of yoga philosophy to help with this concept, but it's so broad. There's a lot, like, I mean, the entire eight limbs really could help with this because if you cultivate, um, to me, the yamas and niyamas are really about like having good habits and ways of being. So, um, that's that, (laughs) you know, like there it is, boom, in the first two limbs, it's like, if you cultivate good ways of being and you just keep working on that forever, uh, boom, you'll be wherever you're trying to go in life more than likely. Um, but then there's the asana and pranayama practices, the, the physical practice, the doing the poses and the breath work, um, which those are the two pieces you most typically get from, um, from a, you know, just generic drop in yoga class. That's what most of us probably think when we go to yoga and those things will help a lot too. Kind of like I was saying, you know, we all hear all the time how we should have a regular yoga practice, especially if you're a yoga teacher. Um, and if you don't, you're not just going to go to practicing an hour of yoga every day. If you don't, you've got to like do something in between, between not doing it at all and doing it a lot, right? It's kind of the idea. So some other yogic concepts that can help with this idea, I think is just being in your body rather than being in your head, just being embodied because it's kind of like I was talking about at the beginning. I know I have the tendency to get analysis paralysis, overthink until um, until I end up not doing anything at all, which like I also kind of said somewhere in this episode, when you get that analysis paralysis, I'm not going to say that's a failure, but if you're trying to do something and you don't even, or like you have the desire to do something, reach some goal, whatever, be some way, have some habit, whatever the case is, whatever intention you set, which is kind of what we talked about in the last episode, you know, you say that's, that's the process you do before you need to get clear about what you're doing before you start doing it. Um, but if you get clear about what, what it is your goal or your intention, um, then if you're like thinking about everything that can go wrong to the point where you don't even try something because you're overwhelmed by all the possibilities, maybe all the possible ways to do it um, or all the possible ways it could go wrong, then you're not going to succeed at that thing because you didn't even try, you know. But if you try something, you might also not succeed, but you might 
succeed, which you might you wouldn't have done if you didn't even try, right? Um, and so that just comes from to to do that with yoga is to get better in practice at being in your body rather than your head. And I think for me at least that's a lot of what I get from the physical practice from doing the asana practice um and and pranayama doing breath practice because as I like to tell my students a lot because I genuinely believe this from my own practice that um the breath is the link between mind and body getting in touch with the breath is how you especially doing pranayama practices where you're moving your body with the breathing and whatever that shape that takes whatever that looks like for your specific practice, it links the mind and body. It does. Try it. If you don't believe me, if you don't know, if you don't believe me, just ask me. Uh, or try it. Try it in your own body and practice it enough times. And let me know what you think because I really genuinely believe that, the breath practice and the physical practice. So it links the mind and body so that we can become a little bit more embodied. The more regularly you practice that, the better you're going to get at it off your mat too. It's kind of the idea. Um, and then self-study, Svadhyaya, one of the, oh, I always mess this up. I'm pretty sure that one's a Niyama. Um, yeah, it is. So the Yamas are like how you govern yourself in the world. And I always think Niyama, like me, Yama, is how you govern yourself. And practicing self-study is one of those things. Um, the more you kind of reflect... The more you learn whether things are in alignment for you, um, are you continuing to, like the sunk cost value fallacy, are you continuing to like try something because it's how you've always done it, even though it's not really working or because you've invested a lot in it already, Could um, and it would feel like a failure to do that course correct. Um, it's in that self-study practice where you kind of learn those things for yourself. I'm also happy to guide you through a session with me, um, it's actually like astrology readings can be really helpful with that to figure out if you're living in alignment with your dharma and your karmas, because if you're swimming upstream against those things, it's going to feel a lot harder than if you're um, letting the current carry you in the direction that it wants to, right? And then you're going to go a lot further. Um, and then also daily sadhana having a daily practice. So sadhana is like, usually has some element to it, like doing your entire yoga practice, not just the asana practice, but having chanting, meditation, pranayama, all that stuff. But just even the concept of daily something, uh, whatever it is, is kind of what I talked about in the goal setting too. I mean, this is like the whole work of James Clear and Atomic Habits, and there's a lot of behavior science behind if you keep doing something enough, eventually you're going to be good at it. Um, and so this is like another thing. I, I hate to sound like I'm one of those people that like thinks capitalism should just go away because I see the merits in it. I do. But I want to also point out the, the tougher parts, which are like that we think if we can't make money at something or uh, be the absolute best, like Olympic best at it, whatever, you know, elite at something that we shouldn't even try or it's not even worth our while but I want you to go ahead and get that out of your head right now because there's a lot of things that are worth doing even if you're not ever going to be the best at it like I think you should move your body 
and exercise, even if you have no intentions to ever like be one of those people that makes your whole identity around exercising and run Ironmans and triathlons and marathons and whatever, like you can exercise, you can be a person that exercises without being a person that wraps your whole identity around it. Um, Same thing with anything else. You can be a person that practices yoga without becoming a yoga teacher. You can do art and have creative expression because it feels good to do without ever having to worry about selling that art or making it your career. Um, So that's just a little aside, somewhat related, um, because I think it can sometimes feel like a failure based on cultural expectations that if you don't become the best or make money at it or both, uh, that why would you even do it? Right. I think that is the message. At least I receive sometimes I I find myself kind of thinking that and I'm like, well, who put that thought in my head? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, so I just, a little aside, wanted to mention that. Um, but then kind of the whole, um, idea is to quit being afraid of failure because it's going to happen to you anyway. You're going to fuck up. Anything worth doing is going to be hard. It's not just going to come easy. We know this, right? Like literally anything worth having. And a lot of times the struggle kind of proportionately is proportionate to the reward, right? Like I was talking to somebody about this the other day about like having kids. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done, but it's also one of the most beautiful and magical You know, um, and I'm not saying having kids has to be for you, but, like, just take that and apply it to anything else. Also, like, getting clean off drugs was one of the most hardest things I've ever done, but I think I've really, like, blossomed as a person since then. Stuff like that, you know. Um, Getting a degree, whatever. You know, marriage, having long-term stable relationships can be challenging sometimes when you just want to be selfish or whatever. Um... But it doesn't, you know, it's rewarding, usually. Um, Same thing with working out. It's hard to, like, get started, but you feel better after you do it. All those things. Um, And sometimes you're not going to show up in the best way or whatever, but it's better than not showing up at all, right, basically. Um, And so instead, the idea is to cultivate resilience, your ability to bounce back, your ability to say, what did I learn from that mistake or that experience. Um, wow. And I wanted to like get to this, uh, this notion of Samyama, which comes from, um, the yoga sutras. And it's basically the last three, um, limbs of yoga, dharana, dhyana, and samadhi, which are concentration, meditation, and union. And I did a whole episode about the limbs of yoga and now it's already getting late in this episode. But basically, um, when you practice those three, those three things together, um, when you focus on something, right, and you meditate on it, and you find your flow state or your union with the divine, that's when you are failing forward, right? Um, finding that concentrating on something enough to learn through doing to uh, 
course correct when you need to without completely changing course altogether. Yeah, I just, I think there's a lot of support from just having a yoga practice in general because kind of the whole entire, that's kind of what I was getting at is the practicing the whole entire eight limbs together, taken as a whole, practicing all of them, not just the physical practice of yoga, but even just doing the physical practice of yoga, if you do it regularly, um, I think there's a lot of benefit from that because some of these other stuff is more subtly woven in. Um, yeah, I hope, I hope that makes sense and I hope that's helpful. And at this point I feel like I'll keep rambling and talking in circles. Um, so yeah, let me know if there's any way I can support y'all more on this journey. I would be glad to, um, I think the event I have coming up for the new year, new moon, it's a little punny joke on new year, new me, because I'm cheesy like that, um, is I think if you can make it to that, that would be kind of the best support I can offer for putting all of these tips I have into action. Just a little recap of the whole series um, is to cultivate gratitude for everything you've done well, um, release things that are no longer working, and then set aligned intentions or goals, uh, sankalpas, set intentions that align with your goals that you want to reach, um, like ways of being that will take you to the outcome you want, and then just start doing the damn thing. Be like a beaver. Do that damn thing. You know, <laughs> you just got to do it. You can't sit here and be scared of what's going to go wrong. And I feel like, honestly, y'all, I'm like telling myself this as much as I'm telling you. Um, it's like after you've done all that stuff, it's time to just get your hands dirty, roll up your sleeves, get messy, and just do it. And when something goes wrong, cross that bridge when you come to it. Don't burn the bridge before you've even walked across it because you're scared that the bridge might fall down or whatever. I hope that makes sense. If you need a little more clarity, come to the New Year New Me event, $25 drop-in, free for members, two hours on January 2nd, which is a Sunday, the day after New Year's, from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It actually happened, like the new moon happens during that time. You can also book a reading with me. Let me know how else I can support you. I'm so grateful that you're here. Remember to always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Have a good one, friends. <laughs>